Welcome back to the Attic Girl Podcast with your host, Kara Dennison. And we have a special guest this week. Welcome, Danielle Hogel. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I am so freaking excited and grateful to be here. How are you? I am so excited to have you. Let me tell the listeners a little bit about this badass woman. So Danielle is a body confidence coach and motivational dance fitness instructor. So she is leaning on her education with a master's in sociology and a focus in women's health. And she combines it with her own wellness journey. And she inspires and motivates women around the world to question beauty standards. Hell yeah. And get out of their body thoughts and into living their best, most confident lives. She's your virtual hype girl, dancing queen, and on a mission to live in a world where no little girl ever looks in the mirror and dislikes what she sees. Can I get an amen? Yes. Danielle, I love it. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so pumped to be here. Ah, this is awesome. So I have been lightly stalking you. And by lightly, I mean heavily stalking you on TikTok. If you guys are into, I don't know, being badass and loving your bodies, go check her out. Danielle Hogel on TikTok. Amazing TikTok. Go follow her. Danielle, tell me a little bit, how did you get into this? This is such a huge personal, passionate thing about loving your body upsetting, right? The beauty standards that the world has keep shoving down our throats, right? As women, how did you get into this? Tell me a little bit about your story. Yeah. I love how you say that, like shoving down our throats Mm because literally from the day we were born, we have been conditioned in a way to believe that we're supposed to look, be, do a certain way, just because of the fact that we're girls and women. And so I remember being in sixth grade and there we had what was called the, like a spirit week. And so one day was twin day. So I was so excited. I had a friend that we were going to be twins and I'll never forget. We started talking about what are we going to wear, right? Like, this is so exciting. What are we going to wear to be twins? And she picked out this outfit and it was shorts. And I remember that's the first time I remember like getting like this gut reaction of, oh my gosh, I can't wear shorts. Like I should not be wearing shorts because I had so much cellulite and I don't know where I'll be honest. I don't know where that came from, where that thought came from. I don't remember my mom talking about her cellulite much, but I just remember that it was bad and it was wrong and I should cover it up. I did wear those shorts that day and I was my twin. And, but I remember after that, I don't remember ever wearing shorts ever again. until I was probably about 24, 25 no matter how hot it got. Like I went to football games that were like a hundred degrees on the field. And I still was standing there wearing black pants because I was so self-conscious of my legs. And I, like most girls, you know, going through high school, all the things I started doing drastic things to try to lose weight and look a certain way. So I did do all the, you know, dieting and diet pills and shakes and eating once a day and whatever it was, I tried it. And I found myself just in this battle. And then when I graduated from high school, I took all my high school graduation money, 18 years old, a young girl, 18 years old. I took all my high school graduation money and I paid for a procedure that promised me that it would get rid of all of my cellulite. Now, if you know science, which I didn't then, but if you know science that it is impossible to get rid of your cellulite, no matter what creams and potions and lotions anyone sells you. that's just the way women's skin. It's like a science thing. I'm not a scientist, but (laughs) it's a way that it it is created that it's actually different for men, like how our fat cells are, you know, created in our bodies. And so 
I didn't care. My mom tried to talk me out of it, but I was like, I don't care. I'm going to take all this money and I'm going to give her this cellulite. It didn't work. Found myself in college. I gained about 40 pounds in college, extremely unhealthy because I was stressed out, overwhelmed, all the things. So I resorted to food because I never learned how to have a healthy relationship with food. I never learned how to enjoy working out. To me, the idea of going to a gym to work out sounded absolutely miserable, was never going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself in a space and then I started studying sociology and understanding how our society has shaped how we think and how we view ourselves and our bodies and how marketing comes about. And I just got so passionate and obsessed with this idea of how my thoughts had already been created for me without even realizing it. And Mm -hmm. so I focused on that women's health, body image, beauty standards, all of the things. And then I graduated from college and I started working at my full-time job after I taught community college classes for a little bit. And I worked at a domestic violence shelter, which was talk about like emotional stress and taking work home with you. Like it was just a lot. And through that, I again, continued with being really unhealthy. And I just made the decision that something has to change. Like I have to do something different. And I've tried the diets. I've tried the workouts. I've tried the not eating. I've tried, I've tried everything. And nothing has worked. And so I decided that I was going to do it different this time. I was going to focus on my mindset, how to appreciate and love my body, no matter what society has taught me. I was going to take everything that I learned in college and say, F all of this, F the health and fitness industry, F the beauty standards and all the marketing and all the companies. And I'm going to find a way to wake up every day and appreciate and value my body for what it is and what it does. And I'm going to take care of it. And so I started on my own health and fitness journey. I lost weight but I gained so much, right? Like I gained the confidence and the excitement and the energy and just the passion and finding a way to make fitness fun. And so from there, I just started having people ask me, right? Like, what are you doing? How'd you do it? Like, how'd you lose weight? But how are you so confident? How are you all these things? And, and so I was like, huh, I think I should, I think I should pursue this because this is really what my passion really is. And so I started my business. And then after five years, I left my full-time job to pursue this full-time. And it's kind of twisted and turned and become so many different things. And I have so many ideas and different things that I want to do with it. Because like you mentioned, you know, my dream and my mission is to help little girls. And I believe that it starts with us. The more that we walk with more confidence, the more that we show little girls, like, what does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to work out? What does it mean, right, to live a healthy, confident, successful life? And we get to be the example for those girls so we can stop that, that, consistent cycle that many of us have been on and that we've experienced in our lives and in our family. Wow. I just love listening to you talk because you're so passionate about this and, and so am I. And it's, I'm going a little rogue here that from what we originally talked about from the beginning, but I kind of want to talk a little bit about a society and the damage that it does specifically to little girls. I don't have kids right now, but I do have an almost four-year-old little niece and it is wild. My sister and I, we grew up and we both had our own struggles with eating. She's a size eight. I'm a size. I don't even know what size I am right now. Something like two X or whatever. I'm losing weight and just kind of fluctuating. And funny enough, we both have very different views of our self-image because of a lot of the things that you just talked about, which I want to talk about on the second half of the show. But we grew up very much in that patriarchal type household with our mom and our grandmother constantly having those sayings of, you know, a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. 
nothing tastes as good as skinny feels like, you know, you've heard them all. Are you sure you want to eat that? Because, you know, all those different types of things. And so I think both my sister and I went in the opposite direction where we just kept eating for our feelings. Plus we had a lot of trauma growing up. And so now both my sister and I look at this little beautiful angel baby and we're constantly course correcting, but it feels almost like course correcting in the moment. I don't have kids. And so what I'm trying to do is course correct now for myself and my mindset, because I don't want to live that way. I am so sick and tired of the negative trains of thought that kept running through my head but you're right. It happened. I mean, sixth grade for you, that's, that's 11, 12 years old. That's so young. These kids are so young, but as soon as I started waking up to it and changing my mindset, it was wild. It was like the blinds were like taken away from my eyes and it was everywhere. Social media ads, Instagram TV, we ended up getting rid of cable, but even just every TV show, if that's what's constantly on your mind, it's constantly everything that you see. So first, can we talk a little bit about how damaging just society, growing up in society can be for our own confidence and, and body image? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So much of it is we're so unaware. And that's the first piece of just, I always say like, it's not our fault. Like it's not our fault that we have these thoughts. It's not our fault that we say we don't like pieces of our body or that, you know, like we wish we could be that, or we wish we could be that. It's not our fault. It's but it is our responsibility now that when we become aware, like you do better, right? And so we get to do better once we realize. And so the reality is is that from the moment that we're born, research has shown that girls and boys are treated very different, right? They're held more as babies. Little girls are talked to a lot softer. Girls as they start growing up, we tell them don't take risks. Don't go play on those monkey bars. You'll get hurt. Don't get dirty. You'll get hurt, right? So we're expected then that we sit on the sidelines. We're quiet. We we do the the fun stuff, right? We play with baby dolls, and we and not that there's anything wrong with this, but we play with baby dolls. We're told to be the teacher, right? Like when we play at home, we do the safe things. It's not our parents' fault either, right? Like they were just doing. Some of our parents were doing the best that they could, and they gave us what they were given. And so this was just the expectation. This is how girls are. And this is how you treat girls. And this is how you keep them safe. And here's what boys do, right? Boys will just be boys. They mm-hmm. get to go out you know, and get their anger out. So what ends up happening is that we train girls that they're supposed to be safe. They don't take risks, which then plays out when we become adults, right? Like you talk a lot about, right? Like when you're applying for a job, when you're demanding, not demanding, but you're, you want a raise, right? Instead of doing those things, instead of applying for the job and demanding the raise, we sit back and we think, oh, well, I don't meet all the credentials. I don't do X, Y, Z. And so the things that seem so small when we're little, that seems so insignificant become big things. You know, even for myself, I know growing up, like I was always, I was that girl that went to the slumber parties that the parents the next day would tell my parents about how amazing I was, which I am pretty amazing. But, you know, they would tell me, they would tell my parents that Danielle is just so great to have here. She's quiet and she she helps with everything. And she, you know, she's just so so soft-spoken. And so I was praised for doing those things, for being small, for being quiet, for, you know, sticking in my place. And so it ends up playing out so differently for boys and girls. And so then we grow up in this society where that's what we're expected to be. And if we're not that, then we're condemned, right? Mm -hmm. Now we become 
the B word when we're adults, if we say how we feel. And what happens is when we're younger, girls are not taught how to deal with their feelings, which is why so many people say girls are catty. Mm. Don't be, you know, be careful of girls because girls are mean, right? Girl, what's the quote? Girls compete, women, whatever, right? Like there's so many different things where we say like, this is what a girl looks like. And it's not, it's not good. So, and the reason for that is because we aren't taught how to deal with our feelings. We're not allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to be frustrated. Even as adults, our faces, if we are resting our faces and we're not smiling, oh, now we have RBF and that's bad. We're supposed to always be happy for the approval of other people. And so we create the little girls who don't know how to process their feelings, who don't know how to express anger and frustration and all the emotions. And now they take it out and they do it right in the way where they talk behind people's backs or whatnot. And now we get the label of girls are catty. Mm -hmm. And then we grow up as women and we say, oh, I just, I never was friends with girls. And now we've created this divide among women, among girls and women to say, we can't be friends with women, which is so crazy because the women are the ones that are going to empower us and support us the most. And so now we've divided women against each other. And now they're all by themselves and they get stuck in their brain about all these things that's wrong with them. And now society comes with them and says, continues with the, this is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to look even in advertising, right? If you ever look at advertising, a simple thing that a burger or a pair of scissors or a beer, so many of the ad, the marketing, the advertising, it uses women as their bodies. And so mm-hmm. now we're objects for the approval of other people. And so again, this seems so, and it is stressful and overwhelming and negative, but the beauty of it is, is that when we realize this and we become aware of how we are doing this, just like you said, right? Like now we get to course correct. Now with little girls, we don't say girls are catty. We say that girl is going to be an amazing support system for you, right? Like women, we support each other. We empower one another and we get to use that language. We get to use the language of girls become women. We start calling them women instead of girls Mm because they're women, Mm -hmm. right? We get to stop saying RBF and we get to stop saying, just smile. We get to stop, you know, putting women in a box and saying words and things that a lot of us don't think about that really tries to keep women in a certain box. And it's our job and our responsibility now to get out of the box and empower other women to do the same. You know, one thing that you were saying that really struck me is I think just as a society up until recently, we have really struggled with helping people sort through emotions because Mm. not, not only for girls, not you know, uh, same with me. Oh, you know, push it down. I remember so clearly my grandma just saying, let it roll off your back. Just push it down. Don't worry about being angry or whatever. And I'd be so frustrated. I don't understand. Like, why can't I express this anger? But also, you know, talking with my husband and we're very open with our feelings, but not him, not having that ability to express sensitive feelings or, you know, men are not able to really express those, those feelings of hurt or sadness or frustration as well. And only being pushed through that angry side. And I, I'm really excited about this upcoming generation, these Gen Z about how they are more open with their feelings. I'm so excited about these upcoming generations and, and being able to process feelings. And that's something that I'm working on currently is processing emotions like anger, like frustration in a more healthy way, because that's something that as 
a society I'm just so frustrated about because I do get angry. I get frustrated just like every other person in the world because we all express the whole range of emotions. Yeah. But when a woman does, when that happens, all of a sudden she's going off the rails or she's too emotional or she has her period or X, Y, Z. And the fact of the matter is if we take this all the way up to the 30,000 foot view is we're all humans dealing with the human experience. And we all need a little bit of grace. And then you throw on a worldwide pandemic and like, can we all just have some grace? (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. I love that you brought that up because I, I do focus on women and girls. So my language always goes there, but you're absolutely right. Is that it's the opposite for men, right? Which creates even, you know, I did work in a domestic violence shelter. And so one of the things is, is when we do continue creating this where girls are quiet and shy and you know, perfect and all the things and men are powerful and strong and smart, intelligent, and they, you know, they are forceful and they're all these things like write the powerful words and we're the weak words. And as we continue doing that, it's just going to create more situations that are very unhealthy for both people, yeah, but also very dangerous for majority of women. So yeah. it is really important that we do allow the space for men to feel those sensitive feelings and women to feel those powerful and, you know, the anger, the frustration, all those things. So it's so important that we do both. It's so interesting that you said I was praised for all those things. Cause so was I, I was that ideal sleepover kid when I was a kid too. <laughs> Funny enough, Danielle and I were born on the same day. So I wonder how much <laughs> that plays into it. <laughs> uh, we'll have to ask Tracy way, our, our in-house astrologer, but you know, I remember getting praised so much. Oh, you're, you're the perfect kid. You're just so quiet. You read books and you're just so appeasing. And because I was praised for that, I'm, you know, a high achiever and I'm action oriented. Whenever I get, uh, you know, feedback like that, I'm like, Oh, great. The more quiet I can be. And one of those things that we talked about before we hit recording is how that has done such a disservice for women, especially in their careers. Because if women speak up or girls back in the day, when you're younger, speak up or interrupt, it was always told, you know, don't be arrogant. Don't be bragful. Don't be boastful. Don't speak until you're spoken to. But when men do it, it's seen as confident. And when you're in an interview situation or your career or looking for that raise or what you're worth, you need to be able to advocate for yourself. And so that's something that we're really passionate about. I want to take a a break real quick so that we can talk about in the second half of the show, what some of our listeners can do right now today to to help kind of course correct and help unlearn some of the things that maybe society, whether knowingly or no unknowingly has been filtering into our subconscious and our conscious to help, help us start loving ourselves a little bit. So let's take a break and I'll be right back. After the last couple of years, high achieving professionals are starting to realize that life is too short to work at a company that no longer aligns with their values, that doesn't offer them a chance to grow or doesn't pay them what they're worth. If you're starting to feel like it's time to make a change in your career, I'm glad you're listening. When it comes to landing your dream job at a company that you're aligned with and where you can make an impact, it can be overwhelming if you don't have a plan in place. If your strategy is to dust off that old resume and hit the job boards, did you know that you only have a 2% chance of landing an interview? The traditional hiring process of applying via job boards is a broken process and leaves job seekers feeling frustrated, rejected, anxious, and with feelings of low self-worth and imposter syndrome, which is no way to start the next chapter of your career. At Optimized Career Solutions, we want you to land your dream job by giving you the branding that sets you apart as the industry leader or professional you are and the strategies that give you control and confidence in your search. 
And we want to get you directly connected to those who can help hire you or help you find companies that you're excited to work with. Book your free consultation with myself or my husband, Jack, at schedule.optimizecareersolutions.com so that we can dive deeper into your career goals and show you how we can support you in achieving them without the frustration and rejection most job seekers feel. We have multiple levels of support depending on your needs. Whether you're a DIYer or someone who loves having weekly accountability, we got you covered. The first step to the next level in your career is just a couple clicks away. Book your free consultation with us now at schedule.optimizecareersolutions.com. All right, welcome back. We're with Danielle Hogel, and we are talking about overcoming society and the frustrations that it has caused us when it comes to learning how to love our bodies and how we can really course correct. So Danielle, tell us a little bit um, about what we can do to start loving ourselves a little bit more and overcoming some of this damage that society has caused. Yeah. So one of the things is, well, first off, it's important that we all realize that we're not alone. I know that's a big thing that so many of us think that number one of these thoughts are normal and they absolutely are. You're not alone. However, they shouldn't be normal. And so we get to change, we get to change that. About 70% of women actually do not participate in life activities because of their body image. Life activities. There were women, 70% of women aren't doing things out in the world, which means that, like you, you know, That's what true. you talk about a lot, right? Like, isn't that insane? It's true. I mean, I remember distinctly being kicked off of a roller coaster because that strap thing wouldn't close over my big old boobies. And because yeah. of that, for years, I would take myself out of going to parties, amusement parks social situations for like 10 years, because that was so traumatizing flying on airplanes. And like, we deserve to live a life. Like every one of us, 70% is a huge number. That's a huge number. And think about this when 70% of women, which we are half of the population, we have so many strengths and gifts and talents that the world freaking needs. If we had more women in leadership positions and in jobs Mm -hmm. that we, Mm -hmm. we need them out there. We need them doing the things we need them. You know, we need them to give us their gifts and their talents and their strengths and all the things. And as if we continue going like this, we're going to continue with a world where 70% of women are sitting at home because they aren't confident in who they are. So we get Mm -hmm. to change that. So even if you are someone listening right now and you're like, I just, I don't feel comfortable like doing it for me, do it for the woman next to you. Yes. Figure out how to, right? Like figure Mm -hmm. out how to be more confident, figure out how to take care of yourself. So that way you can help and inspire the woman next to you because she needs you. We all need each other. So that was my little rant, but love it. so one of the, like at the top level, what I like to let encourage people to do is to write their top priorities. What are your top three life priorities? Because the reality is, I'm going to assume, like if you pause this right now and write, or you do it later, I'm going to assume that in your top three priorities is not have the perfect body. So if our top three priorities are not to have the quote unquote perfect body, which actually doesn't exist, if we're all striving for that on a day-to-day basis, but it's not part of our priorities, we're misaligned. And the more that we go through life misaligned, then we're never going to find that happiness. And so my life, my mission in my life is to be freaking happy. So whether that's my job, whether that's my business, whether that's my health, whatever it is, the goal is to be happy. And so what I find is so many people in the health and fitness and beauty space, what we're doing is we're doing these things without them being actually a priority. We're trying to help fit our whole life around health and fitness, right? Like when we decide that we're going to 
work out and eat healthy. Now it's all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, now I can't go out with my family. I can't go out with my friends. I can't do this because I have to be perfect with this. And so my mission is to flip this whole thing upside down and to say, let's focus on life priorities. From there, we say, okay, how does my health fitness mindset fit into that? And what will help me reach those goals? And so I think first and foremost, it's figuring out what are your priorities and how are you living your life every single day that align with those priorities? Because then that's going to get you out of thinking about your body. Because my mission, I have lots of missions, but one of them, one thing that I haven't mentioned, what I'm finding is that we are continuing to be trapped in our bodies. So what used to happen is we used to tell women that they had to be skinny and, you know, have certain size jeans and have a certain number on the scale, whatever. And that was what you were supposed to be. Now we're in the body positivity movement, which has so many benefits to it. But what we're still doing is we're still talking about our bodies. And so I want us to stop talking about our bodies altogether. And I want us to focus on what brings us joy and what our purpose is, what our passion is and living into those strengths and that purpose. So I want to try and get as many body thoughts out of my mind as I possibly can mm-hmm. and think more about what my gifts are, what my talents are, what I'm excited about and what makes me happy. So those priorities allow you to focus more on those things than your body. And then we talked about this. So. I know you might want to pick okay. back off of this. Okay. 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 Before we move on, because I'm very excited about this part because it's something that I did and I didn't even know that uh, someone as amazing as you also does this too. So I feel like I'm on track and also awesome. But so what you're saying is what, and I find this happens a lot is that women who are obsessed with their body image, like it's something, and this is something that I'm in a community called, ironically, <laughs> the girls, girls community. And we talk about this all the time. And we had a, a post about this and about body image and things like that. And there was comments that basically said, I think about my body all day long. I weigh myself all day or I weigh myself and I can't stop thinking about the number or whatever. So I think that this is a very relevant topic and I'm glad that I have you on. So what you're saying is that if my top three priorities, I was just thinking about this is, you know, have a successful business, have a happy marriage and make an impact on as many clients and people as possible. Those are my top three priorities. Why am I spending all day long thinking about my body and the number on my scale? Because that doesn't even align with any of my three priorities. So what if you listening are finding that all day long, as you are moving about going through life, thinking about your body and the number on the scale, what are your top three priorities that you want out of life or that are important to you out of life? Maybe it's your husband, your wife, your partner, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your job, whatever. Do any of those three relate to your body is what you're asking. And if so, right. are you thinking about them? Because if not, it doesn't seem like you are aligned. That is basically, okay, cool. Right. And, and same with, if you do a time audit, right? Like if you look at your calendar, what are the things that are filling up your calendar? Are you feeling like you have to work out I hear people say, oh, I'm going to work out twice today. I'm going to work out two hours. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, yeah. that does not align with your pri- your life priorities. Like, that's not what we're going for. So also adjusting like our schedule. So they do, it does align with our life priorities. And I know some people are like, but Danielle, you're supposed to be helping me with my body image. Yeah, I am. Because yeah. I want you to stop thinking about it. I want you to think about those top three priorities because that's going to help you forget about some of those other things. I have felt that once I stopped thinking about my body and I started thinking about those three things, naturally I felt better about my body too. Cause I was more, yes. okay. I see what you're talking yes, about. Girl. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So t- tell us the other thing you, this is something that I was practicing when I was losing weight and my body was changing and it was 
phenomenal in changing my mindset. So tell us your next recommendation. Yeah. So one of the things again is to get us out of thinking about our bodies, but as we're thinking about our bodies, it's so important to remember that our bodies are not, we weren't born and we don't have the body that we have for the approval of other humans. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. They are. That's not what my body is here to do. My body is here to carry me through life. It's to allow me to do certain things. It's to help me live and breathe. Our bodies are the most magical machine. And so that's one of the tips too, that I'd like to share that if you are struggling with this, think, I want you to do a little bit of research and I can help with this too, but really thinking about what your body does for you. Like if you think about our digestion system, I know this is totally going in a weird direction, but if you think about your digestion system, it is the most magical machine. The way that our skin like functions and like you can have a scar and then like it heals, like the way that our bodies actually operate, they're the most magical machine. And so when we view our bodies as something that is doing good for us, we realize that it's not about how it looks, but it's about what it does. And so one of the things that I love to do and you do, which I love so much, I'm so freaking excited, is body gratitude. So it's every single day, what I like to do is to think and thank my body for what it does. So I thank the legs that I struggled for so long to love. I thank my legs for allowing me to dance like a crazy person Mm -hmm. around the kitchen. I thank my ears for allowing me to hear the TikTok sounds and make fun TikToks, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to be really, really specific, right? So I could say, thank you body for allowing me to live another day. That's cool. But I want to thank every single piece of me because so often we pick our bodies apart, right? We'll, we'll jiggle our arms or we'll grab our butts or we'll, we'll do the different things when we're looking in the mirror or in the shower. And so what we want to do then is say, okay, here's my stomach, my stomach. I am so freaking grateful for you that you allowed me to eat my favorite dessert last night with my favorite human right? Or legs. I'm so grateful again, that you allowed me to walk my dogs outside, right? So being very specific, everyone talks about gratitude and being grateful and how it's so important, but few people are talking about having gratitude for your body. And it's the number one struggle for most women specifically is their body and it's preventing them from living their best life. We have to be more grateful for our bodies and what our bodies do for us. Amen. Amen. This has been the most wild practice for me is because as I was losing weight and as I was kind of going through this and I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, you know how you kind of like pick up your stomach and then let it flop and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess this is what I'm dealing with today. Instead, I started like being like, all right, I'm going to love you today. And it's not going to feel easy and it's not going to feel great. <laughs> but I was like, thank you stomach for protecting me. I know you're going to get smaller because I was on a weight loss journey and that's okay. And if you're not here anymore, I appreciate you for being here for when I needed you. And I kept going through each body part and it, and I did it every day and it was super uncomfortable. So I did it in the shower to start. So I didn't have to look in the mirror. So pro tip from this not health person at all. So, and it, it really changed it. And it started having me think about my body a lot less. And now I got to the point of where I look in the mirror, I look at a TikTok or I look at whatever, and I'm like, oh, who's that? Okay. I love it so much. Yeah. And you mentioned one thing. So just real quick, for those of you listening, if you're like, okay, I've tried all the things and I know I'm supposed to love my body, right? One of the things that I like to help people do is realize that if you're not in a space where you can literally say, I love my body, just practice that gratitude and say that you value your body, you appreciate your body. And so there's a big movement now to be 
body neutral, right? So we're not yeah. thinking about our bodies and we don't have to fall in love with them because that seems like a really strong word for something you've learned your whole life to hate. So yeah. don't shame yourself over that. So I've had a lot of people come to me and they're like, you know, I know I'm supposed to love my body, but I can't get there. Like, and now I feel bad. And now I'm ashamed that I'm supposed to love my body and I can't, what do I do? And I'm like, first off, just please let that shame and that guilt go because it's been however many years you've been on this planet, it's been ingrained in your brain. And so it's going to take a lot more work than just one day waking up and being like, I love my body. So start small, start with appreciation, start with gratitude for your body. And you will grow into that, that version where you can literally look in your Look yourself in the mirror and say, I love my body for what it does. And maybe yeah. you never get there for a very long time, but the neutrality part is, is absolutely powerful. We're trying yeah. to get away from the hate track, right? So yeah. Danielle, I am so grateful and thankful that you came onto this podcast. I think it was really powerful. Danielle has some incredible stuff for free for you on her website. So if you're not checking it out, what are you doing? Check out her website. It is daniellenicolehogel.com. I will also have it in the show notes and on all of the social media posts. She has this really incredible freebie that you can check out. She has a free dance empowerment and motivation challenge. Check out the cool stuff that you get in this. You get three hip hop dance fitness routines, two choreographed strength training routines, two motivational talks from your girl, Danielle, a hype Spotify playlist, a daily confidence checklist, and a five-day calendar you can follow for free. That's amazing. So check that out. She also has coming up in April. Why don't you tell them? It's my confidence. <laughs> Confident AF Accelerator Program. So if you are someone that you've listened to this or you know someone who is like really wanting to dig deep on their health, their confidence, their mindset, we tackle everything from a new perspective when it comes to health and fitness. And the whole goal is to be more confident and to fall more into appreciation for our bodies and have those healthy habits along with those. So it's the Confident AF Accelerator course. And so that kicks off in April. That's awesome. Confident AF. Who does not want to be confident AF? I mean, come on. I know. So definitely check that out. Follow your girl, Danielle on TikTok at Danielle Hogel, Instagram, Danielle underscore Nicole underscore Hogel, Facebook coach, Danielle Hogel, or check out her website, DanielleNicoleHogel.com. Danielle, thank you so much for joining me today. It was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. You're such an incredible human and the work that you are doing on this podcast It's so amazing. I binge listened to so many of them. And I just want you to know that you are so freaking powerful and so incredible for what you're doing. So thank you so much for letting me be part of it. Thank you so much. That means so much for everyone who has listened. This has been an episode of the girls, girls media podcast. Listen to all of our podcasts. We have glow girl on Monday. We have her Royal highness on Tuesday. On Wednesday, you got your girl Kara on add a girl podcast on Thursday. We have the girls, girls media podcast. And on Friday, we have a stock daddy with financial Fridays. So check them all out. You can check this podcast out wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Instagram at add a girl underscore podcast and on Facebook at add a girl podcast guys have an amazing day and make this week the best week ever. See you next week.